Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's National Burrito Day, and Sam Talk Live. It's episode number one hundred fifty-nine. MCOM One recorded live on Thursday, April fourth, two thousand nineteen. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB Nine VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live tonight. We're joined. By Emmett ONC, W0QH, and we will take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week, Corey Shields, KB9JHU, was here to talk about the new Satnogs dashboard. And if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. You can also catch us on the rebroadcast. On WTWW, that's 5085 AM Saturday evenings at or about 630 PM Eastern time. So we're going to talk a little MCOM tonight and uh, about MCOM 1. So uh, get those questions ready to go. If you're listening to us tonight uh, live, which it's Thursday night, uh, you can give us a call after the interview. And uh, again, the temporary phone number we're using right now is 812-650-9556. We'll give that out again here in a minute. So you can write that down and have it ready to go when we get to the uh, call-in segment of the show later on this evening. Um, But again, um, we're using the temporary number again tonight. Uh, But if you're listening to us live on Thursday night, you can give us a call or you can tweet us on uh, Twitter is... Um, just look for ham talk live and, uh, put ham talk live in the, uh, message and we'll get that and, and check those. And again, the phone number 812-650-9556 is the number you can use to call when we get to that part of the show. So I'll be back with Emmett and we'll talk a little bit first, right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live. PL259s? Anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. 
there's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s, get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a hand fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL-259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com, or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL-259 connectors? A flashlight is a case for holding dead batteries. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Thanks, as always, to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight. They'll be at Belton, Texas this weekend, April 6th. And then on April 13th, they'll be in Mobile, Alabama and Staunton, Wisconsin. Or you can visit them anytime at all. It's pl-259.com. Well, our friend Emmett is back with us, W0QH. He's the chief engineer at Radio Waves. In the St. Louis, Missouri metro area, he designs and builds custom antennas for both amateur and commercial radio use. He's been on several ham radio podcasts teaching about antennas, and he's uh, here tonight as the uh, custodian of MCOM-1, an interoperable communications van sponsored by ICOM America. And full disclosure, uh, ICOM is a sponsor of the show. Uh, Emmett's company, Radio Waves, is also a proud co-sponsor of the Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year Award, and you can visit Radio Waves online at radiowaveswithaz.com. So, Emmett, welcome back, and uh, we're glad to hear Rochelle's on the mend. Yes, thank you, Neil, and it's good to be back again, and good to hear your dulcet tones over the radio. Uh, yeah, Rochelle is uh, definitely coming back, which is good. Um, many people didn't know this, but she recently underwent a quadruple bypass uh, several months ago. And so she's not 100% yet as far as being able to go out to all the shows. So she's not going to be able to do Dayton this year. She has done a couple uh, smaller venues with me um, just to, I guess, gear up and, and exercise herself. But she's doing better every day, and that's that's an encouraging thing. Well, we're we're very thankful to hear that and wish her a, a good and speedy recovery and, and hope to see her back uh, 
at Dayton and some of these bigger places uh, before too long. Well, you've had uh, MCOM 1 uh, for a while now, and you've been out on tour with it. Uh, so some of our listeners may have uh, seen it, actually, at a ham fest or two. So let's just talk a little bit about exactly what it is and why it's been put together this way. Well, MCOM 1 was originally the, the idea of, uh, of uh, Mike Lee down in Florida, uh, where he's, he designed, well, he designed the, the, the basic concept. And then of course I got a little bit involved over time, but, uh, MCOM one is an emergency communications vehicle that's equipped with state of the art, uh, ICOM communications equipment. It's a mobile communications van that includes ICOM interoperability products that enables communication between a myriad of radios. That's anything from Yesu, Kenwood, uh, Motorola, Harris, which we have all on board. Um, the idea is that we are not, uh, the van itself is not designed to have a whole bunch of operators in there. But what we're able to do is create a platform that, uh, let's say, the local police department can talk to the state highway patrol, that can talk to FEMA, that can talk to the Coast Guard, that can talk to um, all these different agencies or people that might be involved in a disaster all on one platform. They don't have to change their equipment. We're able to, let's say, uh, based on what they allow us to do with them, um, you know, use one of the channels on their radio, and we can tie those those individual frequencies and channels together to create, let's just say, a great big switchboard. And uh, we're able to, uh, you know, the sheriff can talk to the highway patrol on channel three on his radio, and the highway patrol can uh, – talk to the sheriff on whatever frequency we you know we deem is appropriate for for the highway patrol and then of course if the coast guard is out there let's say doing river patrol or along the the lake or along the um uh the oceans it depends on where we are um we can we can communicate with them as well and then they can also communicate with air assets and so on so what it does is it creates this this really good flexible platform for multiple agencies to communicate when they need to. And then of course, if there's a real, another emergency where we just don't have a lot of communications, MCOM one's capable of, of uh, filling in in that role as well. Uh, but of course, you know, we don't have a lot of operators in the van. We can remote all the operators, let's say into a classroom or into a tent or wherever and not have to mess with, uh, you know, bringing in the RV and, and all the other stuff. So you've got all the equipment on board and you can just, you know, come in on one band and go out on a different band and, and mode so that you can get all these different agencies talking to each other. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, the, the whole idea is that we can, we're a portable platform that allows, let's say we have an, a, an event or an emergency or something. Uh, for instance, the one of the best examples is Hurricane Matthew back in, t- in November 2016, where um, MCOM-1 was used to, you know, for c- emergency communications for, you know, let's say the Department of Natural Resources, the State Highway Patrol, the local sheriff, uh, and uh, let's say the emergency services like fire and uh, ambulance and, and so on. And what basically happens is is we're able to take, let's say, your 800 megahertz uh, trunk system and tie into that 
So that way the sheriff can communicate with other with other, uh, let's say, the local police department or whatever. Now, this is this doesn't happen really quick. Um, When I say really quick, it's within minutes. Uh, providing you know that we have the clearances and all that from the the agency that needs you know needs our assistance um, we're able to get into that area set up and and create that 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 platform to allow all these different agencies to work with each other we're also able to um, set up in that van which is kind of neat we've got a p25 two meter effectively a, a VHF or two meter type uh, p25 uh, repeater system on there that we can we can crank up on top of a 30-foot tower that's attached to the back of the uh, of the van we also generally roll with several 440 type repeaters that uh, in a closet full of cans so that we can change out based on the the you know the the uh, the client's needs at that time so we can either set up a 440 amateur repeater we can also set up a uh, P25 440 repeater system for the local sheriff department based on whatever the frequencies are. So we could actually replace one of their repeater systems or extend their 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 ability to talk at a you know farther distance. And in some of these interoperable systems that are permanent, you know, it, it's that whole as we like to say in ham radio when all else fails. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the towers goes down, and now all of a sudden that interoperable system that they've relied on all the time doesn't work anymore. And and so now you're pulling out the old analog stuff, and, and there's no repeaters. There's nothing there. And so, so you can come in and set up something temporarily until things get back in order. Well, the, the van itself is set up. The way we design it, we've got crews of three. Um, initially we roll with a crew of three, um, and then a, 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 a three person relief crew. So we can, you know, cycle our pe- cycle ourselves through, uh, there's generally only one person awake at any given time or basically on duty at any given time, but we do overlap. Um, in other words, we do, we cover 24 hours if needed and we got three people that we basically rotate our schedules to make that happen. Um, I'm trying to remember where I was going with this discussion. <laughs> uh, what happens is, is we have the ability, uh, which is it's already been exercised a couple times, where MCOM one is uh, Mer- is on a Mercedes frame. It's a diesel. Um, we're capable of being transported by either C130 or C5A, which it's happened before. Um, we have the ability. We have a 20 kilowatt generator that we can typically tow along with us, and if you go to Dayton, you'll see it there. Um, and we have enough fuel online to where we can run at least anywhere between three to seven days unsupported, meaning we don't need other people coming in and giving us food and fuel and all that. We can basically be the tip of the spear, which at times that's what a lot of people need. Then, you know, it gives them the time they need to get their big resources like the big communications vans and, and all that. And quite often we'll find, we find that uh, the van itself needs to stay because we do we have that ability to go, let's say, from a Harris radio system to, or let's say, a Harris EDAX to a Motorola uh, P25 or whatever, and then we can also talk to the National Guard on another on an HF radio that uh, is encrypted, um, and so on and so forth. And then also we've got search and rescue people out there that are all running with their FRSs, 
and uh, we have that ability to be able to communicate with all of them. I, we have the ability to give, uh, let's say, the incident commander one radio. It's a, it looks like a little HT, like a ID-51. That's what it looks like. Uh, but it's an IP-based radio. And based on what his requirements are, we can configure his HT to be able to either communicate with all the radios, some of the radios, or whatever. In other words, he'll be able to select what channel he wants to talk on so he can control or even monitor. Let's say he needs to find out what's going on in the air so he can switch over to the air channel and he can listen to the whatever air traffic is going on in the area. Um, and the same thing, we are also a Class B uh, base station, a Marine base station, uh, in that vehicle as well. So, you know, we're there to help out the Coast Guard and, and other Marine-based operations. Depends on where we are. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about deployment. Um, what is the plan for deployment? Um, do you have to be, you know, called and invited in? Um, how do you, you know, if if there's an emergency in California and you're in Missouri, how you know, how, how does that all work? It depends on how bad they need us. <laughs> Typically, we get invited in, and then, of course, we, we um, you know, the, how do I say this? Uh, what will happen is we get a call. Uh, we come to an agreement as to who covers insurance and everything else. Um, there are two ways that we can get to, from point A to point B. Number one um, is to drive there, and, of course, the, the agency will have to cover those expenses. Um, and Quite often, what what it will happen is to say we need this, and if we can do that, we'll what we'll do is we'll you know provide them the technology and the ability to do it. The other way of getting out there is uh, by plane, and so what we'll do is we basically go to let's say Scott Air Force Base or wherever they've got the C one thirty coming in uh, or whatever the other other aircraft is, and basically we've already got a load list. So the the loadmaster has a better, or the, yeah, the loadmaster knows exactly what our weights are, um, you know, w- you know what we have on board, everything. So that way, you know, the Air Force is happy when they, or the National Guard is happy when they when they fly us out. Uh, and then, of course, we go there, go to the location, you know, drive off. We can use JP6 fuel if we had to, or we can load up on diesel. And um, we also have plenty of uh, extra fuel cans so that we can have that seven-day durability. Uh, what, what will happen is, is we get the phone call. Um, basically, the, the three people that go are here in St. Louis with me right now. We've got one person in Texas that, um, in a pinch, he can come out. Um, and then we got a person in, in uh, Wyoming uh, that is available, too, as, as one of the alternates. And uh, basically, we'll do the alert. And typically, we can be rolling within an hour or so, um, except if we're, let's say, getting ready for a show and we've got things stripped out. It just means we've got to reload the, the van out with something different. Uh, in other words, whatever is needed for the specific mission that we're going to be going out on. Okay. Um, now, uh, I'm a little curious, too. How do they know to call you? Is, is, the, is there some kind of agreement with Homeland Security where they, they know that this is an option? Yes. There are several agencies throughout the country know how to get in touch with us. Uh, municipalities know how to get in touch with us uh, that we've worked with before. So it's just a matter of them contacting us Uh for instance, Flagler County knows that we're available for them if uh, if if they need us for whatever reason. We still have a good working relationship with them. Um, 
you know, several several uh, municipalities in Texas know how to get in touch with us if they needed us directly. Uh, so yeah, they know how to get a hold of us when they need us, and if if uh, if they need to include us in their plan or that they needed us to come out and play during a uh, an exercise, we'll be more than happy to do that. It's just a matter of them contacting us. We're coming up with, excuse me, a real quick MOU, which is it's it's just a real simple. Um, uh, it's some pretty simple paperwork to do, depending on the, the the place that we're going. Now, this is pretty unique. Are, are there any others that that do this? And you know, <clears throat> there's a lot of these communications vehicles out there, but it's just you know, an HF radio, a VHF radio, UHF radio, and you know, you may have a few of the other radios for local use thrown in there but you know this is you know like you said a switchboard it's allowing all these different things to to talk to one another so uh, is this a one of a kind thing well it is unique and i haven't really run into other the mill the the army does have a vehicle that's similar to this um but it's generally not deployed in civilian in a civilian world um but yeah, there there aren't a whole lot of municipalities that uh, that go into this concept. I don't think they a lot of them are a hundred percent. How do I say it? They're not really a hundred percent aware of what can happen for them, um, and it's not necessarily our services to them, but also we provide a service of of helping them determine what. Um, what would probably be best for them? In, in in other words, for instead of a five million dollar budget, you're looking at about a one point two million dollar budget to a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget. That's that's significant um, compared to you know some of these big you know payment you know these these great big huge you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar RVs that have been converted for as a, a mobile command post. And so you're looking at about two to three million dollars versus you know. Uh, 500, uh, 1.2 million. So it's a, it's a significant savings. And also, um, you can be on the road quick, a lot quicker with this vehicle than you could with uh, a lot of these other systems that would require, you know, loadouts, um, everything else that uh, that would be involved in, in getting these bigger systems out and about. Plus, we don't need, um, how do I say it? We don't have like the the day rooms or the, the uh, um you know the 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 meeting rooms and so on that's that's something that you can set up on your own so it, it kind of makes it nice because you could easily set up in a school where there, an event is happening or you can set up in one of the mobile tents that the that the army has or the national guard has available to them or portable shelters um, this makes for some really um, unique flexibility and gives you the ability to go out and do things um, that most people probably wouldn't have even thought having the platform that we have and having the versatility that we have and having the radios and the technology on board, which is a new technology. The idea of being able to, you know, hook up just about anybody's radio to the, or the, the key, the key to this is the ICOM VE PG three. Um, and by the way, they're coming out with a VE PG four soon too. Um, and what this is is that's the interface that allows us to connect the radio, the you know the 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 controls for like changing channels, um, 
the microphone, uh, the speaker, and so on. And what that does is it converts it to an IP address, which is then handled through a gateway, which allows us to route um, that radio or a series of radios to, let's say, a specific IP-based phone or uh, a, a computer terminal um, or whatever. That makes it nice because then all I have to do is carry along 10, you know, let's say 10 IP-based phones. We can remote um, all these radios and, and basic communications to a more convenient location, and it doesn't cost you know the agency or whoever an arm and a leg to get these other machines out. Wow, that's some pretty powerful stuff. Um, I'm really uh, intrigued by the possibilities here on this. So uh, maybe some people out there listening have some questions to ask about this. So. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to take your phone calls at 812-650-9556, or you can tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter, so we'll check that out. And I'll be back with Emmett right after this word from ICOM America right here on HamTalkLive. Create your own band opening. ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700, is coming soon. This radio is bringing direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features such as dedicated amateur satellite operation, color touchscreen, D-Star capability built right in, RF direct sampling on the 2-meter and 70-centimeter bands, dual independent receivers capable of full duplex operation as well as dual watch and 100 watts max power on 2 meters 75 watts max on 70 centimeters and 10 watts max on 1.2 gigahertz Pack your bags because the Dayton Hamvention is coming up. From May 17th to 19th at the Green County Fairgrounds and Expo Center, you can see the latest and greatest ICOM gear and meet hams from all over the world. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Nominations are now open for the Amateur Radio Newsline, Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, Young Ham of the Year Award. I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Since 1986, we've had the honor of celebrating the accomplishments of Youth in Ham Radio, and we want to know about your exceptional young ham. You'll find the rules and a nominating form by clicking the YHOTY tab on arnewsline.org. Fill it out, send it in, and we'll see you and an amazing young ham at the Huntsville, Alabama Ham Fest in August. Thanks, and 73 from Amateur Radio Newsline. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Talk Live's on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thanks to ICOM for their support of the show. And look forward to seeing them over at uh, the Hamvention coming up soon. So it's getting to be about that time. Um, now it's uh, time for your calls. So if you have a question for Emmett, give us a call. It's 812-650-9556. Again, 
650-650-9556, or you can tweet us. It's at HamTalkLive on Twitter. If you're on Spreaker, you can uh, type in the chat thing there, too. We can uh, look at the comments there. Uh, but you have to have an account and all that stuff. So, uh, the easiest thing to do is give us a call at 812-650-9556. So, uh, we're back with Emmett here and, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, what's going on with the van when it's not deployed. Obviously there's, you know, like ham radio, you know, it's not a 24 seven emergency. And so we've got all these other things going on, uh, when it's not an emergency. So what's going on with the van when it's not an emergency? Well, typically we go to ham fests. Um, we, we do like to go every, every time, for instance, like Orlando, uh, Dayton, um, Hamcom down in, uh, down in Dallas, uh, Huntsville and so on to basically show off its capabilities and also set it up as an event station in a couple places um, to you know basically to you know obviously show its its capabilities and also to um, pull in some younger hams which I really we really enjoy doing is pulling them into the you know to the MCOM side because it gives them something to look at um, we also are constantly updating changing programming. <clears throat> MCOM one to adjust for the newer, you know, whatever the new protocols are, the new equipment. Uh, we partner with Harrison in, in uh, Motorola um, and ICOM all together. So quite often we'll be changing out some of our equipment that is, um, let's say, becoming aged and uh, replacing it with something newer. Um, that way we can obviously be a not necessarily a show platform but a demonstration platform of of what you can do when you have mobile or transportable interoperability which um over several er, several incidences we've discovered it turns out to work out a little bit better than fixed space uh because we're able to take that interoperability and that capability um and you know with the and literally work with a plug and play radios um you know, which everyone knows interoperability is, is, is important. Plus, MCOM1 scalable. Um, so we're training a lot. We're working with uh, new ideas, adding new things, um, you know, coming up with better demonstrations. Um, a lot of times on the going to HamFest and doing some other things, we quite often treat it as if it was a mission in itself. So the exercise is getting things up and running and functional in, in a reasonable amount of time. And quite often, the thing with MCOM One is that it uh, it's set up to where quite often while we're driving, we're on the air, we can work. And uh, one of the things that we're starting to do now is on the amateur side, we'll typically have uh, a seventy one hundred up and running as we're driving, and uh, you know try and make contacts. And we've got some new QSL cards just for MCOM One, which oh by the way, MCOM One does have a club license, and that's. Whiskey Echo One, Charlie Oscar Mike. That's W E One C O M, and that's our uh, the club call sign, and it's also the call sign that we use on the amateur side to make contacts or for doing uh, contests or whatever. And what that does is it gives us the ability to exercise, which um, you you can in, it, go to any fire department that's worth its salt. They're always working. They're always practicing they're always exercising so even though we're not at an emergency 
For instance, this weekend, I plan on taking MCOM1 out to a field, setting up and, and playing with the, our new VHF, UHF uh, quad beam antennas to see what we can do. Um, the idea being is just, you know, showing how it works, you know, coming up with a couple of videos for how to set the, set the antennas up, but we're still exercising things out of the van. The van itself is also a, a mobile RF lab. We generally carry all the equipment that we need to repair, do minor and sometimes even certain major repairs on, on, uh, on radio. So it's, there's a lot to it. So <laughs> that's sometimes why we have this little bit of an overlap when we're in our 24 hour period where one person will probably be fixing things like, uh, let's say a, a police officer, um, one of his antennas just got all squirrely and we typically have the equipment to where we can fix a couple things for him and, and get him back on the road again. Or even if it means just getting charging his radio or his APX radio, we're, we're all there for that. And so my next question is how in the world do you cram all that stuff in a van? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's the whole thing is efficiency. And, um, uh, it it's one of those things where we've if you've ever been in it you can see we've got all the radios literally mounted up high and because we are not looking at having a bunch of operators in the van itself um, using the VPGE3 by ICOM that is the thing that makes everything work in other words allows us to um, you know the the VPGE3 and the gateway allows us to do that digital footprint, so that we can we can you know route everything where it's supposed to go and, and to whom it's supposed to go to. Um, but that in itself is a lot of work, <laughs> and we and it's you know everyone is l- trying to learn everybody else's job, so that way when we go out we can fill in if we have to. Now speaking of if you have a chance to see it. Uh, what are some upcoming opportunities that you can have a chance to see this thing? Um, the the soonest one will be Dayton, where we'll be part of the emergency services uh, 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 wing or whatever you might want to call it. We're going to be right there by Building Two, I think it is, uh, with all the other emergency vehicles. We'll be set up there with a with a uh, canopy and. There'll be one or two of us there at any given time showing off things and taking people on tours. Um, the next one will be, uh, I think it'll be Hamcom, which will be down in uh, 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 Plano, Texas. Um, <clears throat> we'll be setting up there. It's a really nice venue. We really like it. And then after that, the, the one after that would be Huntsville. Um, there might be some, a couple things in between, but I'm not really sure what they are. Rochelle generally keeps that schedule up for me. And if there's anything goes on in between point A and point B, uh, we'll probably be, um, you know, we'll probably be at an emergency. As a matter of fact, one of the things we are doing this um, actually starting tomorrow is we're going to be driving, going around to a couple areas and, and just checking, you know, uh, to see what the water levels are and so on. We'll deploy our drones, take a look at what's going on over the hill. Um, is it something that we need to report? So on and so forth. So um, one thing that's happened is um, our background, where we grew up, my wife and I was in Nebraska and places like Blair and, and Bellevue and, and, and some of these Fremont are all underwater, not completely underwater, but heck, even SAC got soaked. Um, 
that was something else. I saw a couple um, flood scenes of, of what was going on at the Strategic Air Command. And, or actually, it's not the SAC anymore. I forgot what it's called. Um, but that's that's you know that's amazing. And of course, when that floods, we know that it's basically coming down here. And so we've got the Mississippi River, the Missouri River, and the Merrimack, and they all dump into the the Mississippi. And uh, so you we're looking at flooding on the Missouri side. You know the Missouri. Uh, river. We've already had some flooding in the Merrimack, and we've got. We definitely know that the water levels are going up on the uh, the Mississippi. So it's a matter of being vigilant and watching. And uh, we give we have a little bit of flexibility in the sense that we can drive to an area, and then our range is extended when we when we deploy the drones. And that's a whole nother discussion at another time. But uh, it's amazing the things we can do with drones, and so we can do some real quick surveillance. Uh, reconnoiters, you know, go out and do a recce on, you know, this this roadway area. Let's look at the dam. What do the locks look like? That kind of thing. And then we can report back to whatever agency needs us to give them that information. 812-650-9556 is the phone number uh, if you're listening to us live on Thursday night. Uh, if you're listening on WTWW or on the podcast version of the show, you won't be able to reach us because... Uh, it's Thursday night right now, uh, talking to uh, Emma at W0QH with MCOM1. Um, so those are some opportunities for people to see it. Now, now during the break, we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, hams may come in and look and so, okay, well, there's this ham rig and that ham rig, and then there's all this other stuff. But the skills of hams is is really what makes all of this work you got to know all these different bands and modes and and all this kind of thing and so it, it really rolls over f- from the ham side over into the mcom side yes it does um the the one thing that mcom one is set up to do is we can talk to everything both analog and digital and on the amateur side um our familiarity with technology is, is a definitely a good lead-in to being there to be helpful. Uh, the other part is is all the other uh, FEMA requirements where, you know, the ICS and, and being part of ARIES and so, and so on. As, uh, as what we do with MCOM-1 is not related to ARIES, we do work with ARIES, but we are not, you know, we're not working in an amateur uh capacity we're working as a land mobile as emergency services working with you know the individual municipalities um but we do interface with hams so consequently we do have ham radios on on board uh, the scale of cost is considerably different um for instance our gateway uh system you know some some groups would like to have that system which is great but when we start talking with the prices, they all run away. And then we talk to some agency representatives, and you know, they, they start seeing what the price is and what it can do. And they're, they're looking at it as a very economical and very, you know, it's a it's a very reasonable thing to do. So it's, it's an interesting turn. Um, on the amateur side, though, um, you know, the one thing that, that, you know, you've got a lot of people out there that have gotten all the way up to their extra class, and they don't think that there's anything else for them to do. My recommendation is to start looking and getting your GROL, GMROL, the General Mobile Radio Operator's License, which allows, um, which is a lot more technical. 
Um, you can actually work with, um, you know, on a commercial level, you know, working on radios and so on and so forth. It's a new level of, of technical prowess that would be very useful in the field. And I personally think that it would be a good, um, it's a good, uh, um, how do I next step? You might say. In other words, look at your your amateur. Look at your your hobby um, uh, as something as a gateway to something a little bit more technical and and at times a little bit more. Uh, you get a little bit more out of it because you're actually you know in there working on things and you know you can. Yeah, I used to give those uh, exams and and they use extra class hams as examiners for that much like the uh the volunteer exam program on the ham side of things uh mm-hmm. the, they um, can administer those as well so um there's some opportunities there to uh, to get that um you know just i'm i'm amazed at um just you know, how much stuff you've got inside of this thing, <laughs> you know, you've got the drones, you got food, you got, you know, enough you know, water and, and gas. And, and then, you know, and then you've got a, a repair shop and, you know, yeah. it's that's, just, that's another it's thing just we amazing that you can get it all in that one van and, and you don't have to have like a CDL to drive the thing. No. And the nice thing about that, that, that uh, it's a Mercedes Sprinter, um, which um, is really nice because I get 26 miles to the gallon, and that's with the the 20 kilowatt generator that we're towing. Um, we have a 30 gallon tank. We've got a 30 gallon plus a 16 gallon tank in the generator. Plus we carry another 20 gallons um, if we need it. Um, so literally, there's we carry a lot, um, but also on the other side, it's all efficiency of where everything goes, how things get set up. Sometimes when you go in and look at the van, it look it might look cr- crowded and cluttered, but everything has a place. And typically, um, we try to load it out the same way every time. Um, you know, the radios are up and out of the way. As a matter of fact, one thing you can look at is go out on on uh, the internet, uh, look up. ICOM, MCOM 1, and there's a video where Ray and Mike Lee uh, take you on a tour of MCOM 1 and explain a lot of the the resources that go into making it work and and a lot of the key things that are in there. Now, I will tell you that we've added some things. On the air air side, we also have an ADS uh, receiver unit in there, so we're able to monitor air traffic in the area that we're in. Uh, We're also able to... Uh, we've got a couple gateways set up, or let's just say hotspots. So that gives us the flexibility of, um, you know, if we don't want to use a whole radio system, we can use the hotspot. Um, to, for instance, let's say on DMR or let's say D-Star or let's say uh, P25, um, we can set up a gateway and we can link it from point A to point B or you know, bring in someone from the outside as long as we have an internet connection, which quite often we will. Um, one exciting thing is one of the things we we, uh, we were able to do is in, in one situation we were able to um, – everything was operational, but there was someone in Washington, D.C. that needed to listen in and monitor. We were able to forward um, – you know, we gave them an access code, and uh, we were able to forward that information to an IP-based phone, and he was able to listen to what he wanted to listen to. And then when we were done, we disconnected the link, and, you know, we're on our way again. 
Well, that's some pretty cool stuff, and uh, hope uh, some people will have a chance to check that out at uh, Hamvention and Huntsville and Hamcon and and wherever else you end up. And uh, John Piper's listening to us tonight, so hi, John, and thanks for hey, John. Uh, for tuning in to us here tonight. So, uh, we're going to wrap things up here, but, uh, any, any last minute, uh, items here we've missed before we take off? No, I think we covered it quite well. I mean, there's a lot to the van. There's a lot to the way, um, things are set up during Dayton. We are going to be giving possibly two different, uh, forums on one, uh, uh, how to get on the air for emergency communications. And then the other one will be MCOM one as in how do we deploy it? What's in there? How does it all look? You know, you get to see a little bit more, uh, you know, the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty, you know, how everything's hooked up as far as, uh, what gets connected to what the gazindas and the gazautas. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. And we look forward to seeing people make sure you drop by and say hi, uh, Rochelle won't be at Dayton, but she'll be probably at the rest of the ham fests for the rest of the year. And uh, I do want to say, give out a shout to our good friends at Tower Electronics for sponsoring Ham Talk Live. And, you know, Scott and Scott and his wonderful, wonderful wife, um, you know, they, they, they're working all the time. And uh, just for them to do something like this is really, really nice. Yeah, sure is. And I know Jill uh, saw a while ago said she'd, had a big long drive today, but she's uh, made it to Texas and uh, be ready for uh, Belton, Texas this weekend. So shout out to them and uh, thanks for sponsoring the show and being out there on the road. And uh, Emmett, thank you for being out there on the road, taking this thing around and and um, demonstrating what can happen uh, when, you, when you put all this digital and analog together and, and make it all talk to each other and and some of the possibilities and, and maybe even some some career opportunities for some hams out there oh most definitely um you know like i said the biggest thing is is um it seems complicated but when you start looking at each individual function it starts to fit in you know it starts to fit a little bit more logically but um yeah uh definitely come by say hi um Let's see, it'll be myself and possibly uh, one other person out at the MCOM one. Uh, we'll be having our booth will be right next to ICOM, just like last year. And uh, Bob Heil is going to have his booth next to us uh, as well, as well as Ham Nation. And then the event station is going to be a little bit farther back, uh, you know, back towards where W5KUB is. Um, so that's going to be kind of fun and we're looking forward to, uh, having a good time there. We really enjoy that, that, uh, that venue. They've done a great job of making it a better, um, a, a better ham fest than it's ever been. I mean, honestly, you know, we all like Terra arena to an extent, but man, I'll tell you what, some of the events, some of the things that happened around that place, you know, I, I'm, I'm very <laughs> glad they moved it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it, it, it had its, it had its character, but it, it yes. but it, uh, yeah, it, it, it needed some, needed some help. So, um, okay. Well, we're getting ready to, to finish up here, but John, 
threw in a question here at the last minute, so I think this yeah. is a quick one. So let's do this. Uh, he wants to know where he can see pictures of the uh, Sprinter van, and it says it looks like a cool setup. And 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 he wants to know can can you do a show from the van? We've done it. We, we've so, done it a couple. Well, times. I haven't done ham talk live from the van. <laughs> well, the thing is, is you don't have a camera. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need a camera. All, so yeah. yes, actually we could because all all I need is a uh, an internet connection, and, and we could do the show from from the van yep. if we needed we to. Sure I could. guess, but yeah, yeah, we 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 can do the do shows from the van, the Sprinter van. You can look at, um, well, actually look up the uh, the video that's on YouTube. That's uh, MCOM one, uh, ICOM MCOM one. And uh, that's a good tour of walking through and seeing it. And uh, like I said, that Sprinter is so nice. It's a turbo diesel. It's um, I get literally 20. Well, actually, I get anywhere between 20 and 26 miles to the gallon. Uh, with, the, with the tank that I have, I have about a 600 to 7, well, 600 mile range. Uh, but typically, I don't run that full length. I'll generally stop because I have to go to the bathroom or something like that. But um, what makes it nice is that we can rotate really easily, and uh, fuel economy is is there. We are diesel; everything is diesel on that van, so we don't have to worry about draining all the fuel if we have to go on the air. Now we finally found something that's not on the van. What's that? The bathroom. <laughs> well, we do. The bathroom is not on the. Well, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those five gallon things so uh, you know close yeah uh, well it, you typically know, we man. we just to stretch our legs and for safety purposes we'll we'll pull off you know do the rest area go to you know do our duty and then uh and then get back on and go again yeah that that, that sounds like a much better plan well emmett thank you so much for coming on the show appreciate it and look forward to seeing you here and uh about six weeks or so and uh give our best to rochelle and and uh we'll be uh praying for a uh, speedy recovery for her thank you very much thanks again thanks again neil it's been good talking to you all right well that is a wrap for this week's edition of ham talk live thanks to my guest emmett owens w0qh uh, from St. Louis and everybody out there in uh, cyberspace for listening and writing in tonight and invite you all back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Lee Height, Case 8 CLI, Jocelyn Brode, KD8VRX, and Melinda Zimper, all from the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting, will be here to talk about the 75th anniversary of the Voice of America Bethany Relay Station. And and we'll also be announcing the special Hamvention hours and a special bonus. The, the mystery is out there. There's a special bonus that's going to be uh, available during Hamvention weekend. So we'll be announcing that next week on the show. And uh, for a list of all of our upcoming guests, just go to HamTalkLive.com. And if you like HamTalk Live, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, or wherever you listen, that helps others find us faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375. And may the good DX be yours.
Now, 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 now